Fifty years have passed, but I do not age. Time has lost its effect on me. Yet, the suffering continues. Aku's grasp chokes the past, present, and future. Hope is lost. Gotta get back. Back to the past. Samurai Jack. Welcome to the Samurai Jack cast. I'm Charlotte. And I'm Matt. And we've just watched episode 100, or C in the Roman numerals, or episode 9 in season 5. Indeed. Uh, so this is, our, <laughs> this is our initial take. Um, Matt, do you feel better about this than last week? <laughs> do I like did I like this episode better than I liked last week's? Exactly. Uh no, last week's was my favorite clearly. Uh you can't get any better okay, than sarcasm from you. <laughs> did you. Did you like it? Yeah, yeah. I mean this is a strange episode, right? Like um uh it was I I think sort of conventional in how episodic storytelling works on you know a daytime television or you know primetime television in that uh it works specifically not standing on its own but as uh as a you know a slot in for the larger story um so that being said like i i I was still cringing during the ashi jack romance bits although it was less sort of egregious and over the top as in the former episode, and they sort of like, I, I, I kind of like, I w- wrote on some posts this week, pretty funny, I said like about sexualization and how like Jack isn't sexualized and you know, he, he won't be sexualized until there's an equivalent waterfall scene. You know how Ashy has her waterfall scene. There you go. And now <laughs> and there is, he had one. your eyes. <laughs> it was glorious. Uh, I it mean, was I glorious. It was pretty funny. Uh, I like said fully corrected. But I like the second half of the episode a lot better. I think that this goes some way in correcting the terrible Ashy portrayal up to date. Mm-hmm. First of all, I am so relieved she's no longer dressed like some little leaf. Yeah. Hooray. Good stuff. Huzzah. Second of all, Finally, there's not going to reason for this plot. Like, I can really get on board with this. This is a twist that I can fully back. The idea that actually, you know, Luke, I am your father. But like, but the sense that she's now inhabited by Aku and Aku is actually controlling her. Because yeah. it creates a serious moral dilemma for, sure for Jack. And I quite enjoyed that. That I thought was a nice, clever plot point. Yes. Like, not just, oh, I need to save the girl, but actually, oh, what if she, she really is a coup? Is a daughter of a coup. Yeah. point there where I thought, maybe she's actually going to turn. Like when they were approaching a coup, I thought, maybe this is just like a really, this has been a really elaborate setup. And this actually is like that episode with the woman in, in season one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that actually, this will, she will turn out to be a coup and she'll just have a bit him along and leading him to some kind of elaborate trap. Now that's clearly not what's happening here, but 
I think this is a good alternative, although it, it does rest a little bit on this cheesy, like the evil is inside me. I don't know yeah. what to do. Yeah. Um, but uh, if we put that little moral conundrum aside, it was quite a clever ruse of a coup and quite a clever problem that Jack now has to face. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I particularly like the depiction of Ashi in her dark Aku form uh, where mm-hmm. this like sort of very lith spider-like insect praying mantis. praying mantis yeah freaky character is attacking Jack and he doesn't really know what to do about it um, she's like Demongo isn't she she, yeah, looks a bit like she does look like, a bit like Demongo which is a great character design but I guess here's my issue so I really I really dug I dig this twist um, but I also don't think it's entirely original uh, and I am less behind it because I do not empathize or yet believe the Jack and Ashi connection. And mm-hmm. and we had several issues with Ashi and the Jack and Ashi plot, with the Ashi plot and the Jack and Ashi mm-hmm. relationship. And, I mean, one of them was essentially the portrayal of Ashi being, um, being archaic and a bit sort of eh and sexist and also her plot taking over the more interesting Jack plot. But what I harped on quite often is that I just thought it was contrived and not believable. And Mm -hmm. that it was... uh, I understand in their world why they may be connected, but in what has been shown to us in this show, I don't believe it. (laughs) I'm not behind it. I uh, I don't empathize with their relationship. So therefore, I am not feeling Jack's tension and his his sort of uh, conflict, his inner conflict, as much as I would be if the delivery of their connection was more effectively portrayed. Well, I mean, to put it like this, I don't sense his conflict because this is a woman he's in love with. Yeah, I sense the conflict rather because... It's sort of like with the rams by the last yeah. uh, time portal. He knows it's an innocent creature that's then been inhabited. Yeah. And he knows that when he kills it, it's going to return to its innocent form and it'll be difficult to face. Yeah. And of course, the sword left him the last time, right? So I think there's um, that to me seems like a believable conflict yes. to not want to do it. However, this ends with him kind of dropping the sword. And that was a little bit disappointing because in a way, I would like to have seen something more decisive that he either runs away from her and starts attacking a coup, which would make sense. Yeah, that would be smart. Kill a coup, then you can kill what's inside her or that he actually just killed her and then maybe it would have meant that she herself actually survived but whatever right i would have liked to see something more decisive than just dropping the sword because we've seen uh, we've seen jack as ineffectual jack throughout the whole season yeah and now it would be kind of nice to see him actually take some different forms of action and here he had he initially yeah. left her he seemed like he was on his path to like finally seek some resolution yeah to this conflict yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess I don't even know what else to say. It's sort of, I. Yeah, I agree. What about On Scaramouche? The, what did you make about that? Um, I loved it. I love Scaramouche. <laughs> Scaramouche is a bomb. I, I, I love that too. I also find his octopus body like pretty much the creepiest thing I could imagine I mean spiders disgusting enough and I was thinking what would be more disgusting than a spider it would be like a slimy tentacle spider yeah ew yeah absolutely gross it, it, it was great I like, although I just I guess I felt a bit bad for him because 
I knew he was going to get it, <laughs> right? I sort of almost <laughs> wish that Scaramouche had told Aku at some point and Jack didn't have a sword so that Aku believed Scaramouche and Scaramouche didn't get killed. I mean, this is just literally me being a fan, <laughs> being like, this is not a critic. No. This is not criticism. This is me being like, man, that stinks. <laughs> I really like this. I think this is like quite brutal but clever because... Yes, it makes sense that he doesn't know that Jack's gotten his sword back. Yeah, of course. And yes, it makes sense that he's still on his mission to tell him. And of course, the only conclusion for that is that he's going to Oh, get I mean, it was completely accurate. So it was completely accurate. I just, I just, perfect sense. I, just, I, I think it's correct. And I dig it. Although I just like Scaramouche. So I was like, ah, man, sure. he's done. And I knew he was going to be done right away. I was like, ah, oh, man, Scaramouche is going to get killed. Um, I am... Um, I love the return of Aku here, obviously, which we knew he was going to have to come back because, you know, we're approaching the final showdown. Sure. Um, but I'm also really curious. There's one, like, problem that remains for me of how they're going to tie this together. And that's that Aku could keep running from Jack forever. There's no reason for him to have this confrontation. So how is Jack going to make him stay, right, enough to fight him? And mm. second of all, as we know, and we've seen it not just in this episode, we've seen it previously, when Jack does sometimes try and attack him, he can sort of just like tear through him and he creates these holes yeah. in his body and Jack can kind of just leap through. It's such a formidable foe that it's hard to imagine what his Achilles heel is. Now we know technically the sword is his Achilles heel, but he doesn't have to face Jack. He can keep running forever. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess maybe that's why they've set up this final episode this way with Jack dropping the sword and mm. Aku taking it and presumably Aku is not going to just straight out kill Jack uh, because now he can but that would be anticlimactic presumably he's going to capture him somehow and torture him or something like that and actually unwittingly put himself in a situation where he's going to be vulnerable to be killed by Jack instead of being I think Ashi's going to end up killing him. Yeah, maybe. I think without the sword it's not going to be Jack and it's actually going to be Ashi. Somehow this bit that's she's going to maybe steal the sword yeah. and kill herself or kill him or whatever, but I think she's going to be the she is the weak will be the weak point that he hadn't accounted for. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I it's I guess though I still am feeling a bit overall disappointed uh, because as we've seen with this we're coming to the last episode right and as we've seen with the series they've had some really stellar episodes and some that have I felt really hurt the season as a whole uh, and I understand now why they put in Ashi but I still feel like the whole relationship was contrived and Overall, I am less invested in in the way that I should be because of the execution. Um, yeah. And I think there's was still far more interesting stories out there um, if we just followed Jack naturally on uh, on how he how he would be thinking via this premise. Fifty years in the future, he hasn't killed a coup. He's feeling all sorts of guilt, like. <laughs> That still, for me, seems like a more realistic and interesting plot to follow. And actually, you could put in Ashi, but if you had more subtly built their connection in a way that I believed it, instead of trying to contrive this romance that seemed silly, and honestly, so many people said it was a filler episode, and it seems a bit filler, even though 
it's not filler. It's just a plot piece for us to care in this in this final conflict. But I don't care because I I didn't like it. I didn't think it worked. And but I mean, maybe that's just me. Um, no, I'm with you. I mean, you know how I feel about that plot line. But basically, I'm sort of starting to think now, like the creators sitting down and deciding what are we going to do for season five and for me if I was going to come up with a final showdown the big problem that I would try and answer as a writer would be how is Jack going to be able to trap a coup to kill him how is he going to be able to take him down now I think what I would try and that's obviously such a massive challenge it's been his challenge for Decades and decades and decades. So I think the problem to answer would be, why hasn't he done it in the last 50 years? Now, they have answered that question. He lost his mojo. He gave up hope. But then the second big question would be, how is he going to do it? And technically, you could have actually spent several episodes following Jack trying to put some kind of a master plan into place, right? Which would be so complex that you would actually believe that it was of the order that it would be required to take down this foe who rules the universe. But instead of doing that, they just decided to fill it in with a different kind of plot and a sort of subplot and a different character and kind of distract us from that larger problem. And so that's the route they've gone down. And I still think there was this interesting question between Aku and Jack that they could have filled a 10-episode season with about how he's actually going to outwit him. Yeah. Now, they haven't done that, which makes me wonder a little bit how they're going to tie this together convincingly in the last episode to make it feel like it's not anticlimactic, that it's not a cop-out, that it's like, oh, that was way too easy. Like, Aku's impossible to kill, you know? Yeah. So that's what I'm curious about, how they're going to solve that problem. Yeah. I, th- uh, I think how they solve it will determine, I think, more how I feel, obviously, about this episode and also mm-hmm. the season as a whole. Um, exactly that's i guess what i was i guess at. some of my still some of my reservations come from the fact that like so Je- i was watching samurai jack this season with my buddy who uh who never have he hasn't seen the first four seasons he just knows i'm doing this podcast so he started watching um episode one two and three and i caught him as he was starting as he was finishing episode two and beginning episode three and uh these episodes are awesome and mm-hmm. you have a bad guy who's really built up i was really worried about jack's safety because of how uh sort of formidable these daughters seemed and how sort of mortal they made jack seem and they they're had, really fast paced those episodes and they're really dark and they're yeah they're really dark mm-hmm. they are far less cartoony and far more of an adult swim graphic novel uh, gritty vein and Aku has the final battle is now starting in this next episode. Well, it started, I guess, in this episode and is gonna persist in the final episode. And I guess I I don't feel the tension as much as I did mm-hmm. in those first three. And that's sort of disappointing to me because I think what we always found that Jack did so amazingly well was through slow and deliberate storytelling that did not seem contrived but seemed naturally evolving, you would be so with him when he faced whoever he was facing in this episode that you would be at the edge of your seat, like, oh, how is he going to do it in this, like, silly little cartoon? Like, how could they build so much tension in 20 minutes? And we saw examples of that in episode two and three. And I don't feel... 
like, look, I one, I wasn't invested again in the Yashi Jack connection, so I wasn't feeling his conflict. And two, Aku just appeared out of nowhere. And I guess I sort of knew that you said maybe Jack would kill Ashi. I didn't think that was going to happen because um, I think they've done all sorts of predictable things at this point. And I was like, nah, he's not sure. going to kill her. Something else is going to happen. Oh, he's going to drop his sword, which is the worst outcome for this, which is the least decisive thing they could have done. So I think this last battle was lacking tension for me. So I wasn't as engaged it in it. And I, I think agree. that's I'm- a big, f- that's something that I, I'm, this is what I've been chewing on this entire initial take is like, look, I thought it was cool and I understand why Ashi and, relationship, Ashi and the Jack relationship is there, but one, I don't really believe it. And I guess I'm sort of blah because I'm missing the tension, which they've somehow failed but, to inject. I, I have a, I agree with you. I think this is an interesting take. And I think I have a couple of things to say. One of them is actually you didn't need Jack and Ashi to have a relationship to stage this her actually no. being controlled by a coup. That that wasn't necessary. She could just have been an ally, whatever, a friend, a companion, yeah. a co-traveler. It really doesn't matter. Um, it's just an interesting thing that you can do now that she is around all the time. So that's more, more like yeah. the plot opportunity that she presented herself. Not that the plot has been justified by this move. That's not at all the case. No, I don't think so but either. I think the second thing is you're right. There was lots of suspense and tension. It was really dark in the beginning of this season. We were still skeptical of the season, but I think we both liked how serious it was and how tense it was. That suspense has actually been worked out through sexual tension instead. So it's been, uh, the the suspense has been building up as some kind of moral, dark universe, a kind of conflict that's building um, within a man himself and then between a man and his enemy and an enemy that is so all-powerful, omnipotent, right? That it seems impossible and hopeless. That tension has been totally sort of diffused of its gravity and turned into a much lighter kind of tension, literally between the enemy that's now been turned into love interest. It's been entirely converted to sexual tension. And once it became sexual tension, it was really easily diffused by flowery, happy, clappy episodes. And then the tension has now completely dissipated. We now have no sense of an enemy for Jack, no sense of why he even needs to kill a coup because, hey, he's got a girlfriend. This world ain't that bad. We can just keep hanging. Like, who's not going to come after me? In fact, we had a couple of episodes that were quite nice, just eating eating food together, chilling. You know, there's no longer any urgency. And we know the time portals are gone. You can't save your family. They're dead anyway. So the quest has lost its goal. Yeah. And this this reflects why I'm feeling rather ambivalent. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what doesn't work. And... Maybe the problem here is, I think Samurai Jack has always worked by balancing lighthearted episodes and darker episodes and more serious and more beautiful episodes. But they put the light stuff towards the end. And the light stuff should have been at the start. And then you can gradually turn it darker. And then you have this confrontation. But they had the heavy stuff, got rid of it. Now it's like we've had more humorous, lighthearted episodes. And that doesn't make a good lead up to the final showdown. Or what I think they could have done which would have been better is not have lighthearted episodes but have interject lighthearted moments in the overall more serious tone sure and, and i think that formula works um 
I mean, if you look at like Breaking Bad, which is one of you know my favorite shows, it was a mm-hmm. pretty dark show, but you'd often be laughing out loud because any given episode would have something really bizarre and funny. And if you look at like some of the best serious Samurai Jack episodes, you still would find bits that you found really kind of funny because they threw in the humor here and there. Um, so That's I, true. But episode two and three would not have worked as well if there had been no. Scaramouche's laughing head no, in but there. You don't, they yeah. work because they're beautifully dark. Yeah, yeah. And that's fine. Mm. But I, I guess I think just that there are several other formulas out there that sure. could have worked. Um, I agree. I agree with yeah. you. I think I think I completely agree with your take on this and that we're just not, like, just not as invested anymore because yeah. we can't really see the point of this showdown anymore. Yeah. And I agree that him dropping the sword was mildly ridiculous. Don't kill her if you don't want to kill her. But what do but you? Why drop the sword? I know. Now you're gonna. Why do you want to your... be disarmed? You well, want to die? Can be disarmed and die. Suicidal Jack. Yeah, I know. Haven't we already seen Suicidal Jack? Yeah. Yeah, that this, that is a silly, silly, silly move. Yeah. Very silly move. Yeah. Don't kill her, fine. But don't yeah, drop the sword. Exactly. Um, well, they're running out of time. This is another thing. Like, when has Samurai mm-hmm. Jack seemed rushed? And I guess I think these last few episodes have seemed rushed. So, look, I mean, like, we, we like this episode better than we like this turn we think it's interesting we can get behind it but like overall i think what we're doing right now in this initial take is not just critiquing this episode but we're critiquing this series as a whole (laughs) yeah i think but that's also there's two two final thoughts in this one of them is i really disliked last week's episode sure profoundly But this one almost has no point. Like, I mean, there's a final confrontation, but there's no great fighting in this. No. There's no really funny bit in it. No. There's no real, like, tension. I mean, it sets this up, this little conflict. But what I mean is this is an episode that I'm not never going to return to. I mean, we'll watch it again, obviously, for the digested take, but you're never going to say to someone... Oh man, you really should watch episode nine of the well. Season. We've come full circle here because this is what I meant in my initial take <laughs> on the initial take here, which is how I said that this was this was episodic in the sense that it was a puzzle it's piece. Setting things up. Yeah. Yeah. But the other thing with it being like this is that they now have so much work to do in the final. I know. Episode. How are they going to cram it all in? I know. I mean, like, whatever because they ha- whatever of, the like, Scotsman. episode eight and nine with slightly strange plot decisions. Yeah. And, um, yeah, how are they going to resolve it all? And, you know, four and five sort of as well. Yeah. So there's, it's, it's, it's an interesting dilemma for what I, they're going to do. I mean, I'm so curious. I cannot sure. wait to see the final sure. episode. Uh, I have, I have a question though, uh, just because we should probably put this on the initial take is, uh, what do you think about the demise of the Guardian? Yeah, do you know, I was actually going to get to this. Um, Why are they in this setting? I know why. (laughs) I presume in in the final episode we're going to have some kind of solution to this because I don't understand why why he had to be there. I'll tell you why. Because this is Gendy and the writers covering their tracks because they know that in season three episode whatever 27 or 37 whatever the episode was uh, the traveling creatures mm-hmm. they alluded to jack reaching that portal in the future and if they don't close that that plot line in some way people are gonna be like ah, oh, whatever happened to that that was 
you know. But now Gendy can say, see, we showed you in the future that actually a coup actually already destroyed that portal and killed the Guardian. Well, we've already, we've already heard he destroyed all the portals. So I think that we didn't need to see it. I also think maybe that if that is their logic, that might exactly be the problem here. Not everything needs to be that tightly, that tightly closed. Like you, uh, stories are better off with a little bit of ambiguity. You don't need to hit people over the head with all the information, right? Yeah. You don't just tie up every single thread at the end of a of a story. I mean, what is this? I mean, like creative yeah. writing one hundred and one. Like yeah. you don't need to do that. Well, maybe the Guardian um, will come back and save Jack right at this right at this moment. That would be cool. Uh, I'm wondering if that, yeah, I'm hoping this setting has some kind of a purpose that will become clearer in the next episode. Yeah, cool. Um, all right, should we close out there? Let's do it. All right, just wait for after the music. And we'll be back with our digested take. This is our digested take of episode 100 or C or 9 in the new season. So, Matt, what did you make of it? What are your feelings now on a a second or third or whatever watch? Um, You know, it's funny. As I, you know, rewatch these, I always like them more on the second watch, which I'm not sure what that says. Uh, Maybe I become accustomed to some of the things that I dislike that I found surprising mm-hmm. and off-putting on the second watches. But I also like the ones that I really like the first time. I end up liking them more the second time as well. Um, so I did like this one more. But still sort of the majority of my critiques, I think, hold that I feel like there was still a lot of tension that was lacking in this build-up to the final battle uh, and in this battle versus Ashi and Jack and Aku and Jack, sort of. And I think that's because what we sort of pinpointed at the end of the initial take is that the... I mean, this is our overall critique of the season, is that the main plot that we were meant to follow, which is Jack's journey to defeat Aku, uh, sort of was uh, regulated to the back burner via the romance plot. And so... A lot of the tension is gone, so I was less invested in this episode, even though I thought, actually, um, this was one of the stronger overall episodes of the season. Um, and it was still kind of an interesting episode because it was sort of like it was like an in-between-er, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, do you want to say something about why you think it's strong? one of the stronger episodes of the season? Well, I don't know. Maybe because coming off of the romance episode, which you and I uh, disliked so much, obviously. Sure. Um, which we got a lot of feedback on, uh, which is kind of interesting to, because I'm still thinking about that episode now moving forward. I think the season has changed since that episode, which is why it's hard not to mention it again. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I think the the character design of Ashi in a coup form is really, oh, really oh. good and so freaky. And rewatching it, oh. like. I was freaked out and actually there was more tension there than I originally gave it credit for because of because of mm-hmm. frankly how beautiful it's depicted. Um and it's so creepy. I do you know, 
I'm I'm gonna butt in now and just interject and say, uh, you know, I too really enjoyed this second time around, um, and maybe because now I was a little more focused on this larger twist at the end. Sure. And the more I think about it, I really like the way that it's been set up. Okay. Um, I kind of like the idea that who has found another uh, way to get at Jack. And the more I think about it now, I mean, I sort of thought that maybe Ashi will be the one to defeat a coup. You know, that's what we're speculating at the, in the initial take. Uh, but actually re-watching it, I'm sort of thinking more that a coup is going to use Ashi to get at Jack. And I don't just mean in the literal sense that he has just now sure. in terms of embodying her, I think he may try and hurt her that even though actually that means partly um, potentially he'll decimate himself. But like, I think because she goes for Jack when he drops his sword and who stops it and he picks up the sword and why, like you could still pick up the sword, but why did you stop the minion from killing him? And I think it's because he actually wants it to be slower and more painful and worse. Yeah, actually, you know what? I, one of my sort of critiques of what I felt like was going to happen going forward that is that we were going to have sort of the Bond villain trope where uh, the Bond villain sits there and doesn't kill Bond when he can because he's just enjoying sort of mm-hmm. explaining his plans and torturing him so much. I was like, I was like, <laughs> explaining um, his plans in great detail, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, so oh, man, I mean, better. not like a coup has much plans, but he was, I think, what we're going to mm-hmm. see in this next episode is a bit of the Bond villain. And I was like, I'm not going to get behind that. Why didn't he just kill Jack right away? Mm-hmm. Although I think you sort of just turned me. is because he does truly hate Jack. And I guess why I thought it doesn't make sense that he wouldn't just kill Jack is because I thought there was no other thing that Aku could do to him but kill him. But actually, you're right. He can do something else. He can do something worse. And that's make Jack watch Ashi suffer. So if that's what they do, actually, I I, I can kind of get behind that. So um, that would be interesting. It would also make sense... um, for the characters and it would make sense for a coup it's why i would believe it yeah so i mean this is uh that's one of the speculations that stuck with me watching it again um i i love the 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 power play that shifts there when ashi gets involved and the nice parallel actually that we started the season with ashi fighting jack and now at the end of the season, we have Ashi fighting jack sure and in this kind of form now she looks more like the mother than uh, yes. than the daughters, so there's an, another kind of development there, almost like a, gr- a growing up, a sort of coming of age narrative, which captures, of course, what's happened to her anyway. Um, she has come of age or has had all these realizations. That's been her journey that we've been following. But but I, I love the parallel that it's kind of coming full circle with a, uh, a parallel battle. Sure. And yeah. of course, and of course, we also have the flashback to how. Aku has uh, actually ended up siring this that was uh, daughter. Yeah. And um, I mean, I don't really know how gross you want to get about it, but like, you know, he he sort of deposits this blood in a cup or you think it's blood, but yeah. it sort of has all kinds of other residences yeah. and then well, she drinks it to he, get impregnated. It's just really yeah, no, gross. He's a, versat- he's, he's a versatile um, element. <laughs> 
Yeah, his fluids are <laughs> great. Yes, okay, that's about as graphic as we need to get. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, there's a there's that's interesting. The whole I the, that whole arc is is actually becoming more interesting to me mm-hmm. um, in terms of what it might mean for how the final showdown is going to go down. I mean, the episode itself is kind of an episode of. Um, there's three bits, right? You know, okay. we have the the start is the bit with Ashi and Jack, mm-hmm. and the middle is Scaramouche and and Anaku. Coop. Yep. And then the end is bringing all four characters onto the same scene. Yeah, yeah, that was for good. the first time. And um, we've seen all four in different parts of the season, so it's kind of nice having them come together. But what did you make of the on a second watch? What did you make of Ashi and Jack? Well, I was gonna beginning? I was gonna ask you that. Um, <laughs> well, I call this the. But I got there first. Yeah, yeah, sure. And you are hosting this one. Uh, <laughs> I call this this part the the romance backlash because uh, the characters immediately sort of back away from each other, and and something that I find um, uh, better than the opposite. Um, and more realistic than the opposite is that you know if you're going to take what we need to do why why I critically have been a little harsh on the romance is because I've said over and over again I don't believe in why I don't believe is because all we must do is take what we know about the characters what the show has told us about the characters and and evaluate with what we've seen not what we read into the characters like oh Jack hasn't been with anybody forever of course he wants to and Ashi blah 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 but what we see from them uh, and does it make sense for them to come together, right? And I've sort of argued, yeah, maybe, but not in the way that it's been depicted uh, because it's been uneven and specifically on Ashley's character front, her character has been depicted in an uneven way. Um, Jack as well. So I guess I thought these moments with them in this episode were more realistic and more befitting of the characters that we've seen, specifically when Jack sees himself uh, the reflection of himself in the ship, I guess, uh, bearded Jack. Um, that tells him to be careful. Yeah, that tells him to be careful yeah. because why I liked that, and this gets to the heart of why I've sort of had an aversion to the whole romance, is that the romance here, Jack's feelings here, were defined through his primary goal, which is mm-hmm. to defeat a coup, to figure out his place in this world and that that is what moves him that is what drives him and that is informing how he reacts to ashy as opposed to the relationship being on center stage and regulating again the plot that i feel like should really drive these characters to the backstage or to the back burner yeah i i agree i think that moment too was sort of saying be careful this is a distraction and and it's not just a distraction it's an achilles heel yes it's not be careful she may hurt you i mean maybe it's that but i read it more like yeah that she's gonna get hurt this is going to be a problem yeah on your quest and um and I think that was, uh, there, yeah, there were there were moments here that were far more convincing about their relationship, like um, that Jack would, first of all, decide, I can't do this with you, I need to do this alone, but also that she would be like, why? I mean, 
obviously she's felt entitled to be on this journey even though we've questioned why she's on it <laughs> yeah, all the yeah, time yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's like for once they're actually having some kind of a uh, conversation this about is... what is she doing on what is she doing exactly. there why is she why is she coming along why is she tagging along so that that made sense to me um i'm you know not overly fond of the romantic tropes but i did like the scene of them eating on uh the fireside yes because i like the focus on the completely gratuitous focus on their chewing it's like such a small <laughs> okay. detail and it's <laughs> gone into for such a long time and it's quite funny it's like very physical humor of just like chew 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 a chew 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 it's really chewy right and you kind of see the awkwardness of the moment and the tension and um, but even if it's, you're not thinking about their relationship with one another, it's just funny. Well, this is what I'm saying. I mean, relationships are built not in uh, the close-up of you two staring into each other's eyes. They're built in these moments of just genuine authenticity of these nothing moments. And that's what we haven't seen between them. We've seen the overt sort of romance that has felt like it's been over the top. Um but we haven't seen kind of funny moments like this, which I, I feel like are more in the line of what we used to see uh, in other Jack episodes and in, in former it, seasons. It's also more in line with Jack and the woman who turned out to be a coup. Yeah, I, I and I cry. And of course, what's funny here is this is exactly what's now happened. Who like, literally takes over her, takes over her. But Jack is attracted um, to one type of woman. <laughs> it's a coup. Yeah, I mean, that in itself is quite funny, right? Like, that is actually worth thinking about. Yeah. Is that this magnetic attraction between a coup and Jack, where like a coup cannot you know leave him be like we understand why jack has been suffering for 50 years the fact that a coup has been suffering they, by the mere fact they that, just... that he cannot that he cannot confront jack and he cannot kill him it's like the inability to actually have uh, fruitful meetings is like led him to seek a therapist it's quite funny i know it's great and, and jack is so magnetically pulled to him that all the women he seems to fall in love with or have any kind of attraction to are secretly a coup it's amazing i love it it's it's very freudian and um so i quite i I enjoyed that but but really the scene with the fire uh, at the fireside why i liked it was because it takes so much time and that kind of like um, physical humor is hard normally to capture in media that are much faster paced. Mm-hmm. And you might do it on film, but like in a in a cartoon, you often speed like to speed up time. And of, of course you do at some points too. Yeah. Um, but this was like really, it, it was in real time. Yeah. <laughs> that's how long it takes to chew something that's really chewy. And uh, I quite enjoyed that. Um, that indulgence yeah sure uh i would also say that uh i i like your interpretation of why you like this scene but i totally was not thinking the chewing thing even though i did enjoy it what i was thinking is it was realistic that finally ashi asked about jack's quest and journey in his home i mean if you're gonna build a relationship i feel like this would have been one of the first things that they would have chatted out right like jack who are you why are you doing this where do you come from and i would have been cool to hear about that a lot you know earlier and maybe i would have believed their relationship more at this point but i'm happy they finally got around to it maybe i would have believed why she's still hanging around i know 
Yeah. That was the bit that was always really I still don't know why she's hanging around. Why didn't she just walk off when she'd been saved and she was done? Well, I mean, the problem with Ashi's character, and by and large the problem with the relationship, in my opinion, is that she's sort of an inconsistently designed or conceived character, right? Because she's at once super naive, but also, so she doesn't know she's naked, but also knows how to kiss. Um, She seems to suddenly know about the world, although actually, really, she shouldn't. Um, She seems like this buoyant, super positive uh, character now, even though she's had the most disturbing upbringing ever. We're supposed to sort of be invested in this as if it's a realistic adult relationship, but then we have all these inconsistencies with her character, so it's hard for me to get behind her. So I kind of feel like she's all over the place, and, and that's why I've not bought into a lot of the season which has been focused around her i do too um i mean i think thinking about the season as a whole via this episode it's like i'm more sold on why ashy's in it yeah. like i can kind of now see the arc of how it becomes an interesting tool yeah, sure. an interesting dynamic between jack and aku however they didn't need to be romantically involved for that i mean that's actually not necessary to create this betrayal yeah because Jack has had other non-romantic companions that he, cares about. that he cares about and it would have been uh, you know it would have been equally surprising and equally difficult for him to kill them if they said just kill me yeah you know? yeah and I think actually somebody on Twitter or some feedback said that they would have believed the relationship more if maybe the kiss and coming together happened after like at the end of the entire season, like as in if Jack had hypothetically saved Ashi or vice versa, and then their romance comes together. I'm glad they didn't do that. That's kind of cliched, isn't well, it? Well, like, sure, it's, cliche, the, it's the, cliched, the... but maybe I would believe it more at that point, right? <laughs> well, I'm not sure I would believe it because it would feel more, um, it would feel even more contrived as yeah. though you needed to tie that loose end up. At least here, there was some kind of a plot reason for it, even though we didn't see it at the time. Sure, and it felt I guess. But you just silly. said, I mean, we don't, but, there wasn't, you didn't really need it because Jack cares about it. Wasn't essential. Yeah, it wasn't essential. It wasn't essential, but clearly it was. It, because, it wasn't essential, but clearly what they've done is they've taken that episode of Jack and the Woman from season one, and they have actually recreated it in yeah. a long season. <laughs> and they've filled it with some twists and whatever, but that's basically what they've done. And it's funny that that was a joke. I can kind of see why, because they wanted to, maybe they thought the dynamic between Jack and a woman, any woman, um, would make this a more interesting adult viewing experience. But I don't think that was essentially true. I think we discussed that. We don't need to go into it again. Sure. But um, but I do think it's interesting that that's more or less the plot line that they've brought. Yeah. And also, the if we, if we don't think about the forest that Jack is in at the beginning... In the first, what is it, three episodes. episodes. After that, we are in a very similar landscape, even. The desert scapes that he's moving through. He's been in very similar landscapes for a while. So that's quite interesting. Yeah. Um, Should we get into some feedback? Or you want to do the recap first and throw the feedback at the end? Because the feedback's on, not this episode, but primarily on episode eight. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll do the recap quickly then. All right, so we start off with The Kiss. Uh, isn't this reminiscent of some painting called The Kiss? I think so. Um, <laughs> and uh, they immediately kind of spit up what they've been doing, and this is sort of them 
backlashing from the fact that they came together and they're both being both awkward. Acting, being awkward. And that's cool. Um, they are awkward. Ashi goes looking for some clothes. Jack goes outside. He finds some water and he takes a nice little shower, which we already mentioned or I already mentioned in the initial take. Yeah, this is very funny. <laughs> uh, Jack. Has camera, well, the angle of the you know, the drawings are sort of zooming up his body, doing yeah. exactly what one would expect for a female character. So kudos to them, sexualization occurring, both characters. Yes, well done. All right, so Ashi is shocked and then uh, somehow instinctively realizes, no, 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 this is great. So she has this little smile on her face. And then uh, this is where <laughs> Jack... Uh, <laughs> Jack notices his gi, and he's like, he must realize that Ashi was looking at him. Uh, and that's kind of an expression on his face that he has. Then we have this bit where he talks to himself and says that this has never happened before. And clearly he's a little worried about it, which will then spurn him leaving Ashi later on, which, of course, she catches up with him. We have the fireside bit where it's nighttime now, and they both get the same sort of gooey worm creature, right? Mm-hmm. which doesn't look very appetizing. But I do think that the depiction of these guys uh, is really cool. And again, I mean, mm-hmm. consistently throughout this entire season, the artwork has been absolutely fabulous. And it is here as well. Uh, the different colors in this episode are really cool. And what do you think about Ashi's new um, outfit, by the way? Oh, I th- I think I've said before, I think it's great. Like, I'm really thrilled that they put some clothes on her. Yeah. Um, it makes her, you know, it makes it... First, there's two things here, actually. Uh-huh. In this episode, they put some clothes on her, and she talks sense like an adult. Yes, that's good. It's good. Kudos. <laughs> um, Aaron has a question, though, by the way. Might as well bring this up now. He says... Um, do you think the many costume changes are in anticipation of action figures and collectibles? Uh, they can do yeah. many Jack variant figs on this season alone. You know, I've been very cynical about this series, but I'm not ready to be that cynical. Yeah, me neither, actually. I, I, <laughs> I sort of think if that is the case, uh, it's not the driving motivation. I think, if anything, the motivation is they actually kind of sort of like costume changes, that they're fun yeah. to draw, and they like seeing their characters look you know, kind of goofy or not goofy. So they chew away and Ashi's feelings are sort of hurt because uh, he says it's chewy, but still very good. Um, they're sort I'll of, say this here. Yeah. This is maybe, <laughs> I feel like I do have to see through my feminist readings and critiques of the season. Okay. This bit is like, they both turn up with the same food. There's yes. a fire. Yes. Like, why are we meant to believe that she has cooked this meal? I know, me too. I thought that as like, well. That's just nonsense. Obviously, they chucked the hug- ugly creature onto the fire, both of them. I know. Together. I mean, I this I was actually going to mention mm. this if you didn't, is that on Twitter, there's a lot of like sort of memes like of when her cooking's bad and you still have to compliment it. And putting this well, scene in that box. it's for that because exactly. it's basically doing it itself. Yeah. And that, I think, is a bit of a tired trope. Yeah. Come on. I agree. But otherwise, it's a pretty decent scene. What do you think about the flashbacks, mm-hmm. which happen next? Uh, we go through the different seasons in feudal Japan with the snow and the spring and the cherry blossoms. It's quite beautiful, I think. Although, it's really beautiful. Although I sort of just think that... I, I again I would have liked to have more of this earlier in the season. Uh, I would have liked mm-hmm. to have this conversation happen earlier in the season. And 
Uh, and what's funny here is we no longer see Jack's family haunting him. And I think that's kind of peculiar because he's sort of, I understand why, ang- we know why angry Jack isn't haunting Jack anymore. Sure. But surely the guilt of needing to um, yes. take care of his family hasn't gone. Isn't that part of his driving well, force this is, for this is, this is what another, he yeah. needs to be doing? Exactly. This is one of my other larger critiques sort of with this episode and in the season, but sort of this latter half of the season specifically where Jack has stereotypically gotten over his depression, his battle within himself, is what is his goal now? What are their goals? Is it just mm-hmm. to kill a coup? Okay. Why? Kill a coup and save the world? You haven't mentioned that. I mean, what is your, I, I want to know more clearly what is driving Jack at this moment besides just routine. Um, and uh, I guess I don't think that's exactly clear. And I think this flashback has a little bit less uh, meaning for me because you had a lot of flashbacks early on in the first four seasons with stuff like this, but it was always very clear why they were there is because they were driving Jack to achieve his goal. But in theory now, he knows he can't, right? Um, or is he just reminiscing? Yeah. Um, so I guess I'm just a little unclear about what is moving our protagonist at this moment. And I think that's a problem because that's why you watch a show is you watch a show because you are behind or invested in the mission of the central character. Sure. But maybe like maybe what's kind of going on here is it's not looking at the people because the people cannot be saved anymore. We know that. Yeah. Um, so what's actually at stake are these kinds of worlds, these locations that are that beautiful and, you know, that dr- draw you in and they're, Obviously, is the tour of destruction and mayhem that he took Ashi on was be, was essentially saying these habitats are going to die out. The longer a coup reigns, he's going to slowly kill the earth, right? Yes. One valley at a time. So in a way, the sort of focus on this valley with his home in it is almost like a flashback to that beautiful valley that Ashi saw when she with was being tree. trained that she like looks out at. Um, oh, yeah. And there's almost a sense that those, um, that these worlds that look like that, which are still around, we know they're still around and they're beautiful, are now what's at stake. Well, see, I think you, that's correct, but that is your, that is, you are reading that into what we've seen. That has not been explicitly shown in this No, this no, series. that's right. But, but I, I, agree. Think, I think that's what they should have shifted his motivation to, right? Because if he can't mm-hmm. get back to the past anymore, and formally that's why he was doing this, his motivation, is it just to kill a coup? Okay. But I think uh, the more complete shift would be, I'm going to kill a coup and live in this world and save the world that is still here because it's, it's a beautiful world. And for, I would like to see Jack have that realization that the place that he is now stuck can be his home. And we haven't seen that yet. But um, don't you think that maybe that's what they were trying to do with him falling in love with Ashi and taking her on these tours and that he was actually slowly himself thawing via precisely that? Yeah, maybe that's what they were trying to do. But again, yeah. I just don't think, I, I still just don't think his motivations are that clear. Um, and And... And that's sort of a drawback to my investment and therefore the tension that later on I feel like was sure. lacking a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So then we move on to my man Scaramouche. Uh, and I love the music here. I love the Aku sort of stand-in phone system. 
And yeah, it's great. I think it's great. And I love that Scaramouche uh, knows how to get in. And he talks to Aku and says that Jack is missing the one thing that can defeat you, sir. And therefore, they have a little dance party. What did you think about this scene again on second watch? Yep, I like it. I Do you know what? I like everything with Aku in this season. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think he's a hilarious character. I think he's consistently kind of toes the right balance between slightly ridiculous and therefore humorous, but also convincingly absolutely terrifyingly dangerous. Sure. Okay. Well, because he's totally erratic and yes. we see it. They follow that through. I do actually, what's cool about Aku is I do actually find him funny and really scary. Mm. You know, now that I, we've seen him kill the Scotsman and all these people, I think he could, you know, in this final scene with Ashi, mm-hmm. I thought he could kill her at any moment. And yes, I think they need him to be able to do that because yeah. if he, he if he, otherwise the humor would detract from his omnipotence in yeah. some way. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they need him to have this like sudden ability to just you know eviscerate people sure. without further ado. Yes, without caring. No like, thoughts about it. Um, I do want to say though that I did have a little bit of issues with this uh, on the first watch and and still the second watch is. You know, one of the we start off when we first see a coup in the season is he's really depressed. And mm-hmm. what I thought in the way that the season was built before it came out, what was really interesting is sort of how a coup and Jack are linked in their depression. You know, mm-hmm. Jack cannot get rid of a coup and a coup cannot get rid of Jack. And they're both sort of these blights in their lives. And they're yeah. sort of equally locked in this battle that won't end. And. Mm-hmm. I said in the episode where Jack gets his sword back, where we see his depiction of him losing it, uh, that that storyline, that Aku storyline was sort of questioned for me because Aku didn't seem super depressed and just disappeared after that and mm-hmm. never went and checked in with Jack again. So my suspension of disbelief was sort of questioned there. And, sure. and it's questioned again here because if Aku has really been hiding for decades, right? Wouldn't he at least be like, are you sure? He does say, are you sure, Scaramouche? But I guess I was hoping, I guess I was just envisioning Aku being a little bit more skeptical and at least maybe checking in with, he's an all-seeing dude. He can check in with Jack before he goes out there. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just spitballing sort of irrelevant things. But when I was watching it, I did feel like, oh, okay, he's already convinced. It just takes, just like that, he's good to go. Well, it's not really that he's lost his sword that, um, you know, surprises me that that bit in the in the story. It's more that that Aku cares because it felt in the beginning that he was so depressed he couldn't even be bothered to check on Jack. So it's not like he was waiting for opportunities yeah. to take him out. It was that he'd sort of, again, lost hope that he could. And he wasn't even, you know, when we saw those, like, assassins or whatever lining up to see a coup at the very start of the season and he was like meh basically not bothered whether they were going to try and kill jack or not yeah and in theory they could have been successful and he didn't really care and i think it's interesting that it that he suddenly i guess what i'm saying or what i'm trying to say is that uh, it would it might have been nice in the season to have seen a few more episodes with a coup having a little bit of an arc Yes. But he doesn't have an arc at all. He's just, like, back on. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I think you've nailed what I've sort of been chewing on here is 
where is the Aku arc? And I've sort of written in my own one. And with the one that I've written in, this scene doesn't seem that believable. Because um, there isn't an arc here. Uh, or it just turns really quickly. So, I mean, hey, we both love Aku in this season. So more of him would have been great, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So moving on, uh, Jack is now traveling on his own. And he comes across a place that he's been to before. Notably, there's sort of like these old sandal tracks uh, Mm, near the That's a nice touch. It is a nice touch. And Jack, uh, through a really cool journey, I love the way all these dead giant robots are depicted. Jack gets to where he once faced the Guardian, our favorite big man in blue. And... Uh, sees that the glasses are dead, the portal's destroyed, and it's, you know, it's sort of a depressing scene, frankly. I was not pleased on seeing this. No, it's enormously depressing. I um, I love that character. I still hold out hope that he's just lost his glasses. Yeah, me too. I hope he's back in the next one. So Ashi arrives and questions why Jack left, and they have this rather, I think, like you said, realistic dialogue about um, Jack's motivations for leaving because so many people that he's loved and so many things that he's loved uh, have fallen victim to a coup. And right on cue, a coup arrives. And I love this shot where actually a coup has been there. Um, it scrolls it around, <laughs> which is amazing. Whenever they do a pan in animation, that's got to be super difficult. It- I know. It's great. It's, it's such a nice detail. It's a great shot. And then we have the whole bit with uh, why Aku is back, and it's because he heard that he didn't have a sword. Scaramouche comes out, and quickly Jack's like, yep, I do got my sword. Like you pointed out in the initial take, Aku wastes no time, and he blows up Scaramouche's head. Seemingly, Scaramouche is now finally finished. Sad, but no other way for it to be, I suppose. And then <laughs> you're still dealing with that. <laughs> I am still dealing with that. Yes. Uh, and then, and then, Jack, you know, sort of draws on a coup and tries to chase him down. And Aku's like, "I'll be leaving now," but he stops because he smells a little bit of himself. And he then has the recap of why Ashi might exist. There was that one time, and we've already sort of talked about that. And then Ashi. As Jack is about to strike a coup, Ashi stops him. So she is not in control of her body at this point. And they fight for a bit. Notably, a coup is pretty funny. He's talking with one of these, like, giant old robots that's long dead. But, like, you know, what are you going to do about these? You try to raise them right. <laughs> and they run off with your mortal enemy. Um, What's a father to do? It's pretty good. It's pretty I funny. love it. I think it's excellent. <laughs> Yeah, Aku is great. I'd also like to say one thing about the way Aku is animated here is when he smells a bit of himself. Yes. You see Aku in profile, and I can't recall having seen him in profile in a previous episode. I don't know if maybe I just haven't been paying enough attention, but I remember noticing it in the initial take, and I noticed it again, that he has this like beak-like nose, and... that's just not what I had imagined because he's so flat and strangely morphous, you know, from from the front. And it it gave him this, like, depth, obviously seeing him from the side, uh, but a kind of depth that made him more uh, terrifying. 
Well, you know, it's, I'm, I'm really kind of happy you mentioned this shot because I wasn't going to mention it, but I was thinking it, is that actually when he goes and he smells Ashi mm-hmm. and there's sort of this gratuitous, disgusting shot of how big his nose gets, mm-hmm. uh, we've seen this before in animation. This, I'm pretty sure, but I couldn't find it. It's either from, uh, from Ren and Stimpy. Uh, this classic American cartoon which I hated because I actually thought it was gross even when I was a kid you know me too but yes I would agree I think that is from Renaissance but that's not that's not the shot I was thinking about oh okay I was thinking about earlier when he's just turned his head it's just normal like who he's not pulling any faces yeah but the way that his face looks in profile just got me surprised yeah no I do know a shot you're talking about yeah we've stopped on it it is pretty interesting it's a new it's a new look for Aku, and I always am happy to see new Aku looks or closer looks at him, really. <laughs> um, so we got this fight, and it's sort of two parts. One, when Ashi is in her Ashi form, and then Aku says, you've got to tap in the best part of you, which is me, and turns Ashi into sort of this dark, lith, praying mantis uh, Aku form. And we sort of talked about already how awesome we thought this was. The fight is great. There's this awesome shot where the Ashi Aku with her flaming sword mm-hmm. sort of ignites the robot that they're fighting on and comes up and there's just nothing but flames behind her. And it's really terrifying. And again, this is what they can do with animation to build tension is like no other show I've ever watched. And I just really, But really also love it. the stability, this is exactly using what's great about Aku meeting Jack is this is the showdown we sort of talked about in the beginning of the season when the cartoony, the ability to change, to alter form yeah. meets something that cannot alter form which is jack right who's more uh rigid yeah and more realistic now in this season whereas now aku takes over ashi and she grows her legs extend you know she she can change in a second and it's a fascinating dilemma because you're not just having jack fighting the woman that he supposedly loves but you're actually having jack fighting this cartoony malleable figure yeah and to watch the realistic jack and it's more in theory realistic in this season fighting foes that can take any shape is is super interesting to watch um well well spotted all right so they fight and jack injures ashi and she screams this blood curdling scream and this stops jack and then she says no kill me now you must and he doesn't he drops his sword which I'm not sure if you feel any differently about him dropping his sword as you did in the initial take. I don't think we've spoken about it. But there is a great finishing shot for this episode, episode 100, where Aku reaches down and grabs a sword and then you scroll all the way down and we have Jack on his knees below Aku defeated. It's appropriately epic. And this this is my favorite shot here is... Not before we get to the illustrated, the illustrated final closing shot, which okay. obviously echoes the start of the first four seasons theme, um, is the moment when the sword is on the ground and it's reflecting Ashi's yeah. uh, face yeah. as this Aku-like creature, and it's kind of capturing in one moment a lot of what this season has been about, which is um, 
about Jack facing himself, the evil that is within himself. And now this is actually showing Ashi and the evil that is within her. Yeah. And the way that these parallel mirror reflections have been the theme of the whole season, not just that each individual is doubled by the thing that cripples them, but they're doubled by each other, but also that it centers on the sword and whether he can find it again, whether he, and that when he's found it, whether he can at all use it, right? Yeah. Like, so that in a sense was a red herring all along. It wasn't about finding it because the whole thing was actually about her and that's what the sword is showing. Well said, bravo. <laughs> I agree. So on that, that's the end of the episode. Do you want to get into a little bit of feedback on episode eight? Sure, let's do it. Okay, so we have an email from Marley, and she says, I just wanted to say that I really liked it. This is talking about uh, episode eight, uh, that Jack is attracted to Ashi's strength uh, is an example, and that she likes the part when he made the hat for her. I I think she sort of points out uh, rightfully that it can be enjoyable to witness the shipping right and that there are a few moments Ooh. where where their connection really does work like we we like the hat part and and i think you know we're in sort of the realm of like taking the show super critically and that oh, super seriously super seriously <laughs> um and you know i could you know on the second watching even of episode eight i was i could still sit back and enjoy little bits of it and uh mm-hmm. clearly i think this episode actually went a long way to helping me uh believe and get behind the jashi so you know it is possible although we just still feel a little bad that other parts of the plots seemed a little neglected that I think would have strengthened everything. Um, but well said. Uh, all right. So we also got an email from Patrick also about Jashi. He says, I'm going to start out by saying the first time I watched the episode, I was cringing the entire time, much like how you guys said you did. I'll go so far as say I got quite angry that they made Jack and Ashy romantic. Before XCIX, I had been hoping that Jack would be a mentor or a father figure to Ashy, which was is weird to think about because no one from the Samurai Jack fan base knew exactly what kind of relationship they would turn out to share. I like what he says here. I actually ship Scotch Jack. <laughs> so I was crushed. Uh, again, seeing that my hopes had been blown to smithereens, I really disliked what the show had made of them kind of like your expectations of season five altogether however and this is where he turns since the show as a whole is near and dear to my heart as i'm sure it is to you both i told myself that i'd watch xcix at least two more times like charlotta said she would but didn't you watch yeah, it one more I'm time but you are i am completely guilty there and he's right because maybe i do need to go back yeah. and watch it one more time yeah pretty funny but he said as he proceeded to watch the episode, and as it progressed through all the terrible, cringeworthy interaction between Jack and Ashi, he realized that he could get behind this, that this isn't as terrible as it seems, um, and thought they were rather cute together, and that they're a really badass duo. Now, I can get behind that stuff. Um, they are a really badass duo, and the more I see them in this episode, the more I can get behind them, like we said, but I still think that fundamentally there's some sort of uneven some inconsistencies within Ashi's character and also within Jack's motivations. It's sort of keeping me from getting behind this relationship as the central plot of the season. All right. So that's just some of the feedback you guys send us some more, please. Do you have any thoughts before we wrap up on how it's going to end? What's your prediction? One more episode. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I can't wait to see it. I'm so curious. I'm so curious as to how it will end. I'm maybe more on board with this storyline than I've been at all before. And maybe that's just because I'm now entirely wrapped up in what's going to happen. Sure. Uh, I'm a little bit on tenterhooks. I still um, think that <laughs> the romance episode didn't work for me. No. But um, um, I'm, what I will say is I think having done this cast now, watched episodes multiple times each week, but obviously never knowing where they're going in the larger narrative. What I'd like to do at the end is sit down and watch all of them as a whole. Sure. Yeah, I think I'd like to do that too. Maybe after we do our cast mm -hmm. on the final episode, we'll take a week or two, elicit some feedback, watch the full season, mm -hmm. and then give our full sort of analysis yeah. on season five as a whole. Yeah. And yeah. also take the feedback from anybody who's listening. So, uh, yeah, keep sending us some feedback. Send us some feedback on the next episode or your predictions for what might happen. So before the next episode comes out, if you want to stake your claim for how it's going to end, uh, email us before it airs. And after it airs, let us know how you liked it, uh, and we'll take your take. You can email us at samuraijackcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter. But otherwise, one more episode. Get excited. I can't.